dropping that knowledge on you. I could not make this shit up. With Kev Nash. Oh, Hercules, Hercules. And DJ Killer Kev. Uh-oh. Let me tell you, boys, you can't make that shit up. The inside. Real deal, straight up. Are you crazy? Hottest <laughs> stories from the world of hip-hop. This is ludicrous. It's the big boss, Rick Rose. What up? It's your boy, Young Jeezy. This is 50 Cent. Sports. Some of those dogs are the most incredible dogs I've ever seen. And what's popping in the DYT. I couldn't make this shit up. I couldn't make this shit up if I tried. I'm sad that I lack the talent to make this shit up. Here's Kev Nash and DJ Killer Kev. Back at it one more time. Can't make this up podcast. Kev Nash. DJ Killer Kev. Killer, what's good, man? Hey, man, what's going on? It's a rainy weekend, but Bruh. I'm still off of work, so <laughs> I'm, in a good, I'm in a good space. Yeah, man, first night out with the wife since the new one was born, right? Yeah, man, went out, went, caught, a, caught, a, caught a show last night, got some dinner, you know, just kind of eased back into it. She got a couple of Long Island, got a, got a glass of wine, so she her first drinks of 2016, so <laughs> we had a good time just getting out the house for a minute. So. Very dope, very dope, because school's about to go back too, right? Yeah, the kids starting next Thursday, so. Damn. School about to start back up. Man, remember we as kids, like, it seemed like summer lasted forever. Ever. Now, <laughs> that shit go like that, dog. Summer is about to be and over. I don't, I don't remember starting in the middle of August. It was mm-hmm. always like the end of August. See, what we did, I went back to school the Wednesday after Labor Day. And okay. we got out the second uh, week of June. See, we was like last week of August and then last week of May, first week of June time frame was when we got out. So, uh, Yeah, man. These kids, man. They summer go quick, man. But I know you happy, so then you ain't. Hey, I've been at home watching these Olympics. I know that. <laughs> oh, man, USA, listen. Hey, I got the fake hype right now. USA. We going Me in. too. I fell for it. I fell for it. I'm watching sandball, volleyball. But track and field finally started, so now I'm really honed in. Yeah. Uh, Phelps out here just did his thing, man. And shout shout to the shout to the to the to the black girls rock man the the Simone the Simone ladies is doing it I forget the the young lady's name and the, and the uh, I think it was shot put she mm-hmm. first African American to get gold in that uh, Simone Manuel I just said with the swimming absolutely um, who else man uh, the the uh, what's it called the uh, oh fencing yeah the fencing the the lady with the first lady to wear the um for the Muslim religion. okay yeah she she's been doing well so it's been it's been a good showing for the U S they've been Ledecky been doing her thing too I got to shout out Ledecky I'm, she made me a fan man she <laughs> she out there killing cats by ten seconds in the eight hundred man so. listen I did read a crazy article about swimming though and it's been a lot of ties going on in, in swimming yeah. which is very odd you say tie and oh man you, you tied for the gold. You tied right. for first. Like, no, you really can't tie, can you? Isn't it always a winner? But the article said they only go to two tenths of the decimal point on when you win. Yeah. And the reason they do that, especially in swimming, is because if you go beyond the second decimal point, it's because the water. You can't, no one else is going to go exactly that fast. When you add an element such as water, since it's not a dense object, there's, somebody's lane's always going to be shorter because of the the wave pattern. Okay. So the only way to get an exact time for everybody, the same exact time, is to have them in the same conditions. And since you're in water, that condition 
is a variable right. all the time because of the temperature, how many people are in the pool. Think about lane one and eight. Yeah. Might be getting less of the, of the feet kicks from lane four, five, and six. Yeah, so they only go to the second decimal to um, if it's a tie. So, right. you know. Also, shout to uh, Simone Biles, too. I want to shout her out, the, the the gymnast, man. I just got an alert. She was the first first American woman to win gold in the vault. So she's, she's on to her third gold <laughs> medal. Another one. Another one. <laughs> Major key alert. <laughs> Yeah, man, I've been I've been I've been Olympic heavy golf too. I know uh, you're a golf guy. Hey, the US was struggling, but looks like on Sunday, uh Matt Kuster shot a good round. He might be in contention for at least a bronze, if not a silver. So he he's uh he's in there. So it's been it's been good to be off work. I ain't had to worry about going to bed <laughs> Sunday night. I've just been just been watching until it's over. Hey man, that's how it's supposed to be. Another thing about the Olympics, I was hollering at uh my homeboys in Cleveland about this. About the Gabby Douglas situation, mm. and they weren't talking about her at the hand over her heart after they won the uh, gold medal as a team. But they were saying that they think she's a bad teammate. It looks that way to me too. Really, I was because I've been seeing a little like even the two nights ago when the the floor routines for the U.S. got gold and silver, um, and the, the the two or three that were in the stands, you know, two of them popped up clapping, happy for them. She's sitting back with the <laughs> good shit. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> it ain't no Gabby. Like she, she had that look. Like, like it ain't rough like, though. <laughs> she had that look. Like she just wasn't. Like I, I don't see her being. I could be. Hopefully, I'm wrong. But it is. It, it appears that she's kind of not the. You know, if I'm down and out of it, I'm not rooting for you. Type of. Well, team. my my point is one. She probably don't want to be there. I honestly think she doesn't want to be there because there was several reports that said, like, after she won the Olympics uh, four years ago, won the gold medal, did, you know what I'm saying, sign Wheaties boxes. You know what I'm saying? You're 16 years old at that point. So, like, okay, what do I do now? Like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. Yeah. But the pressure of, hey, we got to get this money. Hey, what about your family? This is how we going to feed forever. This is how we going to get down. So kind of coerced into being in it. And then um, this was pointed out to me by a good friend that she finished eighth in the U.S. the qualifying. So they kind of more or less put her on the team because, you know, she's a a resume. Yeah, she's (laughs) a face. She's a name. People know her. Don't want to put a whole bunch of new girls on the team. You know what I'm saying? Good for TV ratings. So my thing is maybe she knows that. Maybe she knows that, hey, man, I'm I'm. Sally May should have been here, not me. Or yeah. maybe she'd be like, man, they using me for ratings, using me for money. Right. Or she could just be a 20-year-old woman in a mood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's and that's, and that's the bigger thing, too. Like, these people are still people. Like, Absolutely. There's days that we don't feel like going to work. We don't feel like going to school. We don't feel like going anywhere. You know, and it's like when you're in that type of, of occupation, you know, it's like you, you don't really get the, uh, I'm not going today. Yeah. It's like, well. You kind of at the Olympics, so you got it, go. <laughs> right? I'm sorry if you're having your period, young lady, but right. you know, like it could be, it could be. Who knows? A million, a million things. Yeah, so. ain't no sick days over there, None. yo. You gotta go. I done cashed in a couple sick days in my job. I ain't even gonna lie. Also, on days that I wasn't sick. <laughs> it, it, it's also been crazy to hear about the like the the robberies over there. Like them cats in Brazil is is really been going in on 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 petty on petty thefts. Now remember, we talked about this. Mm-hmm. We talked about this on the pod before the Olympics jumped off. Like 
was heavy on the Zika thing. Thank goodness nothing Zika related has happened, but we talked about how it really goes down in these other countries, dude. Yeah. You think it's sweet in the U.S.? It's not so right. sweet over there. They People might, hate Americans, yo. They might have a 20 block, 30 block, you know, area that looks amazing, but get outside of downtown and head over to, you know, the suburb of the <laughs> of Brazil and you might get a real taste You're of trying what, to go yeah. out to a club. So what happened though? Man, I saw that uh, uh Ryan Lockley and a couple swimmers got robbed just today. Damn. Um and then there's been numerous videos I've seen people just, you know, walking through town and it'd be like the little the little 13-year-old that's just trying to take your phone cuz you holding it loose or trying to you know, grab this from no matter what you had. It was like just something. Like they were just taking whatever they could and running through the people, and it's just been a lot of petty, petty theft going on out there. It seems so. At least, thankfully, no one's gotten you know seriously hurt. Ain't been no, 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 no real you know weapon violence. It's just been kind of kind of kids and uh taking advantage of opportunity of, of people being in a country and having a having having the. Uh, the, the know abouts where if I make this left and this right and this left I'm, I'm home free. Alley. I'm yeah. good money. <laughs> so so they trying to trying to get that off. But all all in all, man, I mean that's that that's a small shadow on what's been going on. It's been it's been a pretty good Olympics thus far. Track and field, like you said, getting started. Woo! Looking forward to that. Yeah, man. I know the Olympics is real heavy, but uh, we got a guest on hold right now. Oh man, good guest. This guy right here, man. I'm telling you, he is one of my good good friends, man. I've, I've known this guy almost ten years now. Wow, uh, that long? Yeah, man, it's been a minute. We, we met back in uh, 06, 07. So uh, a comedian extraordinaire. Y'all seen him on All of Us. Y'all seen him on Apollo. Y'all seen him on numerous movies and TV shows. My good friend, Tony Rock. What up, boy? Yo, what's good? What up, what up? What's up, bro? How you doing? Everything good, man. You know, out here doing these shows in Dayton, uh, having a great time. Yeah, uh, man. My boy, my boy, I got my boy, my young boy Terrence Delane on the show with me this weekend. He was shocked that I knew so many people in Dayton. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a stopping ground for you. You've been here quite quite a bit. Yeah. What uh? So what's what's new? What you got going on in the in the in the hot sunny L.A.? Oh, everything's good. We still got the we got the Wednesday show. We got the hottest comedy show in the country every Wednesday. It's called All Deaf Comedy Live. Uh, executive produced by Russell Simmons. Russell Simmons' new imprint. He's not Def Jam anymore. He's All Deaf. Okay. So uh, we're shooting a show for HBO in September. It'll be on in November. It's an hour special. It's like a new depth. It's not Def Jam anymore. Now it's called All Depth. So it's All Depth Comedy Live, hour special, shot in September. It'll air in November. It's uh, HBO gave us one show to pretty much prove to them if they should do a series. Okay. If they should bring, you know, in essence, bringing Def Jam back, but just calling it something else. Okay. So that one show is going to be powerful, and uh, we're going to have a bunch of dope-ass comics on there. I'm going to Atlanta, actually, when I leave here to see a showcase of, of a couple more comics that you know could potentially make the show. Word. So I'm just I'm just loving that, and uh, you know, touring. Got tour dates to the end of the year. So just trying to trying to work, man. Trying to trying to stay out here. Very dope, man. So you working with the OG Russell Simmons, man? How's that? It's incredible. It's incredible. Like the dude really knows a little bit about everything. Like literally. I tell people this all the time, and I'm, I'm glad I get to say this on the podcast so other people can hear it, but if you spend enough time around any human being, right, if you spend enough time around anybody, it will become abundantly clear to you why their life is in the position it's in, good or bad. Yeah. So you're getting them jewels. Anybody, you're going to say, if you spend enough time around anybody, you're going to go, oh, I see why this dude's life is all messed up, or he can't do this, or 
he's living like this or whatever. Or you spend the time around somebody and say, I see why they're getting it. I see why they're up $500 million and making money and changing the culture. And that's, that's the, the, the feeling I get around Russell. It's like I see exactly why he's the dude he is. Yeah. See, for me, I've, I've known you for a while, but I know the people out there might have some questions. I wanted to ask you, though, like, how did you get started in comedy and what was it like growing up in the Rock family? Like, how was that? Uh, getting started in comedy was a, that was a childhood thing, man. It's like people think, and I, I understand why they think that, but people think I just followed my brother in stand-up. Yeah. But I really didn't. It's just that Big Brother does everything first. Right. Right. You know, Big Brother gets to go, Big Brother gets to drive first. Big Brother gets to go on a date by himself first. You know, right. Big Brother gets to play in the first. Big Brother gets to, so. They like, just, they just happen to be just, born first. Right, right. So it's like. I tell my brother that all the time. Yeah, it's like, should you not want to do something just because your brother already did it? It's like, nah, yo, it's like, it's still it's a dream of mine, too, you know? Yeah. And then it made it, that what happened with my brother doing stand-up was this, it was, you know, before him, everybody I loved in stand-up was a stranger to me. I didn't know Richard Pryor. I knew who he was, but I had no real connection to him. I didn't, we never had a conversation. Mm-hmm. I didn't know, I didn't know Eddie Murphy as a person. They were, they were, these guys were just images to me of stand-up comics. Yeah. And then when my brother started doing comedy, it was like, oh, it made it even realer. Right. Because it's like, yo, the, the dude in the next room is doing it. <laughs> it's not a stranger. It's the guy in the next room. The guy that's eating the same cereal I'm eating in the morning is doing stand-up, you know? So that made it even more real. Yeah. So then I started going to comedy clubs. Like, the long story short, I started, you know, hanging out in comedy clubs with my brother. And, uh, you know, just watching, just learning, just looking at people and seeing their different styles and you know, uh, uh, my advice to, to other comics now is you can't really learn it from sitting in the room watching it. You can really only learn it from on the stage looking out rather than being in the audience looking in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I kind of... Like, what? No, I was it's like, so I wasted some time like trying to learn it from the, the other perspective where, where it's much easier to learn from on the stage looking outward. That's what I've always admired about your stand-up because being, being your friend for a while and seeing a million shows... Like, I know you put in that legwork and a lot of comics and people in general think they think that they can just go up there and, and rock a show and make people laugh because they do it in the kitchen with their boys. <laughs> right. Like, I, right, I right. know the prep work that you put in and I know the, the time spent. So that's definitely commendable. Yeah, and, and like, don't, don't get me wrong. When I started, it was, it was like, you know, I thought, hey, I'm funny to my friends. I'll be funny to them, too. Right. <laughs> and you're talking to strangers that don't know you, that don't know your history, your background. So, you know, all your references to the block not going to work. And all your references to the, you know, you know, Fat Mike. They don't know who Fat Mike is, you know. So it's like, damn, now I gotta write some stuff that they could grasp, that they could understand, you know. Right. Man, what was everything before comedy? Like, was you like a book nerd? Was you in the hoops, football, yeah, what, regular job? What? I was, I was a regular job dude. I was uh, funny at every job I had. I loved football and I loved basketball. I actually thought, like, in my like. I say 12, 13, 14, you know, junior, I, I say like the end of public school to junior high school, I really thought I was going to have a, foot, a, a football future. I thought I was going to have a future somewhere in football. Like I'd be, uh, uh, I'd be like, uh, like Cordell. I'd be like the guy that goes out with passes, but still throws passes. I'd be, you know, I'd be a, 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 a two-way player. You know what I'm saying? I thought I'd be one of those guys. Uh, I didn't really, uh, grow past junior high school so that kind of <laughs> died down i loved basketball i thought like maybe you know maybe i could do a little something in basketball you know go to spain and get a contract and work my way to the league 
I thought that for a few years, but it was always I was always the funny guy everywhere. So you know, just regular, regular jobs. There was everybody just like, yo, this nigga mad funny, man. <laughs> I know, I know. With 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 uh with Tone being a Steelers fan, I'm I'm outnumbered. Yeah, so, there uh, we go. <laughs> Lifelong, baby. Lifelong, diehard. Yeah, me me and Tone used to go at it just like me and Kev. So yeah, how you feeling about your boys this year, y'all? Y'all gonna be I, eight I and eighty? This, or I what? think this a year, man. I think this a year. <laughs> <laughs> I really feel good about this year. We got it. We got a little. Our secondary was always our problem, like the last two, three years. Absolutely. I think last year with Bud Dupree learning the system, I think he'll be better this year. I think the corners that we got in the draft, they already kind of know what they're doing. And the corner is not – you don't really have to learn the system to be a corner. Corners just, you know, you play within the system. You you got you still got to stick that man, but you got to make sure you, you know where your backup is. You know where your help is coming from. So you don't really got to learn that to be a corner. A corner is like something you do. It, it doesn't really change from college to the pros. Yeah, yeah, man. I think so Steelers I, gonna be dope because Shazier. If Shazier don't get hurt, we in there. No, that, I, I think we need Shazier to have a big year, and I think the corners got to just really step up. Uh, the, the defensive line gonna do his thing. We, oh, I'm, I never feel really feel a problem with them. Uh, Hayward's gonna do his thing. It's just the corners, man. You know, offensively we got firepower. Ben gonna do his thing. Even with Le'Veon sitting down for four games. D'Angelo's gonna not you're not gonna miss much with D'Angelo. That's a fact. Yeah. On the offensive end, we need to see what the tight ends do. We need one of those tight ends to step up and be the clear cut man because he was a huge part of our offense. This guy knows what he's talking that's about. That's enough. That's enough, man. That's enough. <laughs> it's, it's still who day. That's enough, man. <laughs> no, bro. Tone getting too deep, man. I don't want to hear all that shit. Who day, baby. Now, Tone, I didn't heard about these epic birthday party weekends out there in Woo! LA. Killer tells me about them all the time, man. So, how did these things come about? Uh, you know how it started? Because uh, when I was in New York, when I lived in New York, uh, you know, my I, I think birthdays are just big. To, to me, your birthday should be the biggest thing of the year to, to, to everybody. I don't know why people don't feel like some people are like, I don't do anything for my birthday. I'm like, I, I never understood that. Every year since I was a kid, my, my dad always made a big deal out of my birthday. So, that's how I was taught. Like, yo, your birthday is a big deal. Yeah. So I would have a party every year in New York, just like my, my boys, my like my local dudes, the cats I grew up with, would just be like, yo, son, what you want to do this weekend? We were playing like a cookout. Excuse me, we'd have a cookout, maybe go to a amusement park, something like that. So then I got the sitcom, and I'm in L.A., and I got friends, but I don't have like lifelong friends there. So I'm mm -hmm. like, you know what, man? I'm going to throw a party. I'm going to fly all my boys out. We're going to keep it going the same way we used to do it. But now we're going to do it on a bigger scale because I got a little bit of money now from the TV show. <laughs> So now we're like, yo, let's rent a club out. Let's rent a mansion out. Let's have a pool party. Let's do a comedy show. Like, it literally turned on into, like, four or five days of events. And after the first couple of years, it was so dope. Then people, like, the next year, people started hitting me around April, May. Like, yo, you still doing that this, this summer? So then it just took on, like, its own little life. So we did 10 years in L.A. of birthday parties. And then I was like, yo, we did 10 years this next year, which I did last summer, I was like, I'm just going to take it on the road. So I went to Atlanta for a few days. I partied <laughs> with my dudes in Atlanta. I went to New York. I partied with my dudes in New York. I took my girl to Jamaica, took my sister to Jamaica. Uh, we had a ball, man, so we just bounced around the country. But uh, next year, I think I'm going to take it back to L.A. and, uh, you know, just do another birthday bash. Uh, I'm going to try to do a concert next year. I'm going to try to do, like, some old-school hip-hop concert or something yeah. like that. Like, get all my favorite, all my favorite acts. The cats that I know that I can really call, like call them up, like, yo, I, I just need you to come through, fam. Right. 
And that's that's a kind of like the backstory on me and Tone relationship. We met through right, shot right. through shot smoke. Tone was in town at the Funny Bone years ago. Heard her smokes music playing, and and that led to us meeting up. And then that led yeah, to Shorty, me. Shorty tried to set it up like uh, uh, Nikki <laughs> was playing. <laughs> Nikki was playing smokes mixtape in the green room. Yeah. So this is my first time at the Funny Bone. I walk in the green room, and you know music playing. I'm, I'm not paying it no mind, and. uh you know, a few minutes later, I'm like singing the hook, like "Yo, boom, 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 boom." I'm like, "Wait, wait, who is this?" And then Nikki's like, "Oh, it's the guy named Shaw Smoke. He's actually from here." And I'm like, "Oh, this dude lives here." I'm thinking it's the radio, like, and she's like, "Nah, it's, he lives here." I'm like, "Oh, that's dope. This shit is hot." And then like the next night, she's like, "That guy Smoke is here. He's in the room." And I'm like, "Yo, bring him in. Like, let me meet him." And they came in. We chopped it up. And that's the thing. Like, when you meet a real friend, like, it's like once, once y'all meet, it's like, okay, boom. You, you, the energy is the same, and the drive is the same, and you see the division, and they got they they on their grind, and you on your grind, and, and like minded people just they just attach to each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's how I got blessed to be a part of these Rock the World weekends was being around you know being around good people. Bottom line, you know we right we right. Uh, got and invited so, to go I'm to like yo we gotta we gotta let them DJ yo yeah we got invited to Cleveland to kick it, and next thing you know it was sunny LA, and it ain't stopped since Rock the World forever. So forever yo. So what? Uh, tell people your contact. How people can get a you know get at you. I know you Periscope heavy. <laughs> yeah, per- I'm, I'm Periscope heavy before the show and after the show. Uh, just to let people see how it go down. Like let them see the love that I that I have for the fans. Let them see the, the fans showing me some love. So that's always cool. Uh, uh, Twitter at Tony Rock, Instagram Tony underscore Rock. Uh, my Periscope is connected to my to my Twitter. So when every time I'm on Periscope, it'll it'll alert you on Twitter. Uh, my website is being re- revamped. It's being it's down right now, but it's re- being reworked. I want to make it bigger and better and easier for people to, you know, navigate and see where to get the tour dates at and pictures at and be able to put their pictures up with, to get a picture with me to be able to put it on my website. Uh, my my uh, foundation, my uh, T-shirt line. I'm, I got new ideas for T-shirt lines, so we about to, you know, put a whole other line out, new uh, new uh, designs. Uh, Young Fresh is gonna work with me on that. Like Fresh, yeah. my man Fresh doing the legendary ad. We're gonna do a collaboration together. Uh, and uh, if I'm in your city, man, just come and see the show. It's the best comedy show you probably never saw before. Super dope. Now you also doing some more TV work, right? Yeah, I did. I just finished shooting uh, season three of Man and Wife. Uh, man and Wife is a sitcom I'm on. It's on Bounce TV, and I know a lot of people don't have Bounce TV, so. I'm not sure who sees it and who watches it. Do you we Google? Just <laughs> <laughs> we just we just we just uh, finished shooting season three in Atlanta. Uh, happy about that, David and Tamala. Man, they are a pleasure to work with. Never seen a couple so nice that's been together for so long. They do everything they got the man. I'm like they 20 plus years married, and they uh they work together. They they leave together. They come to work together. They uh, vacation together. They take their kids everywhere together. It's like the, a family, a traveling family, everything they do, uh, which is really cool to see. Yeah, man. Vivica on there too, right? Yeah, Vivica did a couple episodes, yeah. And Debo? No, uh, uh, Tiny's not on anymore. Tiny's oh, okay. Terry J. Baum was on this season. Uh, Vivica was on a few. Um, Bra- uh, Braylee Evans was on a few. Uh we had a lot of uh, uh, what's what's uh, Shorty's name from? She's from uh, like Young and the Restless. Uh, she was on a couple of episodes. I can't remember my name. I'm sorry, but uh, we yeah we had a bunch of guests on the show this year. Oh, we had the homie DC Young Fly was on one episode. Yo, that cat's super funny, man. Yeah, man. I was gonna ask you about that. So, like, what do you think the like the biggest difference is now between being a 
comic and versus like an IG comedian or whatever? Here's the difference. I'm glad you asked the question. Uh, some some people, some people, they grow up and they have a knack for cooking, right? This mm-hmm. is my analogy. This is the Tony Rock analogy. Some people have a knack for cooking. And then they go and they, like, their mother teaches them all the secret recipes of how they love to prepare their food and how she does it and how she makes their favorite food. And then they go to a culinary school and then they go to London and they study at Le Cordon Bleu <laughs> and then they get a job working for Wolfgang Puck and they are a chef. They're called a chef. They have been classically trained to do this thing. Right? Right. Then you got the guys that work at Waffle House and they make waffles and scramble eggs and put cheese on it and they're a cook. <laughs> they both prepare, they both prepare meals. They both prepare meals, but one is classically trained and one isn't. That's the difference between a stand-up comic and an IG comic. I am a chef. They're cooks. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I just like somebody to cook my food. Sometimes I love Waffle House. But I've been classically trained to do this. Dope. <laughs> you can't make this up at all. Some of the IG guys, don't get me wrong. I, I, don't, I want to make sure that people don't miss my point. Some of the IG guys, very funny. Very funny. But they don't write jokes, perform jokes, read the newspaper and take a premise and create a joke behind it. They just get an idea of something that'll be funny and they videotape it. Yeah. <laughs> now You know what I'm saying? Like Killer, you said you see the you see the legwork that goes into just writing a joke. Like for me to write five minutes is like I gotta have a premise, a punchline, a, a callback, an idea. It gotta be relevant to pop culture and society, else nobody's gonna understand it. And be I ready to go left or right if need be. Right. <laughs> I can't just go, you know it'd be funny if your girl caught you cheating and I just videotaped it. That's easy. <laughs> yeah, I can right. do that. I can do that. Now, now, also, I know you are a big hip-hop head. Oh, so the biggest. Our, our podcast is about music, it's about current events, about everything. So I got to ask you, who who are you listening to right now? Who's in the Tony Rock uh, playlist right now? You know what's crazy? I got this, uh, I, I, you know, I go on, what I do is, when I got free time at home, like I'll do, I'll, I'll, I'll try to spend an hour, this is my day, I wake up in the morning, I think about going to the gym, most of the time, <laughs> I'm not going. <laughs> I go eat breakfast, and then I'll give myself an hour to try to write. I'll sit down for an hour and try to, you know, read the paper, see what's going on, try to write some material. After the hour, I go, okay, I go log on my computer, I go to allhiphop.com, I see what's happening in the hip-hop world. I try to find some material there. Then I go on livemixtapes.com, and I see who dropping a mixtape when, who got something out now. I listen to a couple of songs, and I decide whether or not I want to download it and put it on my iPod. What I'm, what's, what I'm listening to right now the most, Jeremiah, Jeremiah the R&B singer, has mm-hmm. a mixtape on livemixtapes.com called, uh, I think it's called Europe or something like that, uh, Late night, late night Europe, something like that. Yo, it's crazy. It's crazy. I listen to it every day, yo. <laughs> yeah. As far as hip hop, I'm listening to this new. Uh, I got the new Two Chains joint, uh, Daniel San. Yeah, I'm, I'm banging that. I ain't yo, here. Crazy, crazy. Yeah, it's nice. I'm listening to. 
I'm listening to a lot of this 21 Savage kid only because my little brother Jordan is a hip hop head too, and he keeps me, he keeps me, uh, 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 he keeps me my knowledge of uh, the young boys. He makes sure I know, you know, who the young cats are listening to. So the 21 Savage is kind of dope. Uh, he likes this uh, party next door dude. I listen to him, but I'm still, I'm still don't get it twisted. I'm still listening to uh, you know Jay. Always the, the Fab mixtape is crazy. Uh, uh, this fifty, the fifty, the new fifty, uh, the uh, the Canaan mixtape, not bad. Yeah, I hit, um, I you know, uh, anything, anything hot, I'm gonna find it. If it's hot. If it's hot <laughs> <laughs> one more thing before we let you get up out of here, man. How is life on the road, man? Because I know I follow you on the IG, man. And so I mean, you basically do shows Wednesday to Sunday, man. So how's life on the road? Uh, it depends on the city. It, it entirely depends on the city. Like Dayton, you know, I got fam here. I got friends here for real. I got like real friends here. So it's not even like being on the road. It's like, I know they're going to, my boys are all going to come out. We're going to have a great time in the green room, laughing hard before the show even starts. We're going to tell stories and joke around. Then we're going to probably go eat somewhere good. Uh, there's going to be a party somewhere that, you know, I'm going to get some love at. So Dayton's cool, but uh, depends on the city. Depends on the city. Some cities, I, you know, D.C., of course, I love going to D.C. Atlanta, I love going to, you know, uh, anywhere near home, near New York is, Always a plus. So uh, in any city, I can pretty much find something to do. I'm a foodie, too. So if, if the city's boring, I'm just going to find a good restaurant to go eat at. <laughs> I'll try to find the best cheeseburger in town. Or if it's a baseball team there, I'll try to catch a game. So it's basically just trying to, you know, utilize your time because there's a lot of downtime on the road. So if I could catch a baseball game or go see a movie or, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm reading. I try to read a different book all the time on the road. Right now I'm reading, uh, I'm reading again the uh, autobiography of Malcolm X. I read it as a child, but now it has way more relevance to me as an adult. Dope, dope. So trying to trying to read that and, you know, take in some of uh some of the honorable Malcolm X's teachings and apply it to my life today and my work ethic, you know. So it all it just it's just finding the time in any city to uh, you know, keep your brain active. Word. Did you get your five guys while you in town, brother? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a tone rock favorite. <laughs> man, I really appreciate you coming through the podcast and and, and holding us down this week, man. It, it means a lot oh, you got to it, me, man. You know, it's all all love for you, man. You know it. Appreciate it, big dog. All right, y'all be cool, man. Yeah, we appreciate Tony Rock stopping by the pod killer, man. Man, that's the big homie, y'all. Man, he shows love, man. He's he's a cool guy, and y'all 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 know that from seeing his 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 lives and periscopes, and y'all know that tone. You can talk to him, tone tone. Don't mind talking to anybody. I'm, Seen it a hundred thousand times, so for him to, to take a moment out of his day to 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 drop on our podcast, man, it's good guy, man. Now you gonna have to get the scoop on, you know, he was supposed to be in here in in the studio live with us. Hey, he had to do that phone. So you gonna have to get the scoop and see what uh, Dayton Birdie went home with. Yeah, you heard what the man <laughs> said when he and Dayton, he got real friends here. So <laughs> anybody that knows real friends, you know, things could uh. Alley oops be serious in Dayton when Tone's hey, in town. Man. So. Salute, salute, <laughs> Tony Rock stopping through the pod, man. Absolutely, man. And we also got to salute Civilized Savages, very dope podcast. John and Sam, man, yeah. doing a podcast out there, man. They gave us some love, so we returning that love. And the craziest thing about this, not only did uh, Samuel go to Wright State, as I went to Wright State, he went to Cleveland Heights. I went to Cleveland Heights, man, dope, dope. and I don't even know the dude. Oh, you know dope. what I'm saying? I never <laughs> met him a day in my life, man, but it's the craziest thing about social media, the podcast world, you know what I'm saying? You making yeah. friends all over the place, man, so 
definitely got to salute them yeah, for showing sure us some love. Make sure y'all check them out. I listened to a few episodes and uh, they got some good topics. So. Do some wild dudes, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, they are. John the wild dude, <laughs> man. Man, uh, we're going to get some of them uh, them college stories out of that guy, man. Absolutely. So definitely going to have to link up with them dudes very soon, man. So I heard you went to a concert this weekend. Drizzy. How was that? Now, I will say this. The show was dope. The uh, undope part about it, two undope parts about it, man. <laughs> I've been spoiled. Everybody knows I work at the radio station. So nine times out of ten, I go to most of the concerts that are in, obviously, Dayton, Cincinnati, and Columbus. I always get to go to them for free. But I always, most, not always, but most of the time, I get dope seats. I get real good seats yeah. for free, thanks to the record label. Not this time. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Not this time. Nosebleeds? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. I'm I'm still dizzy. <laughs> Climbing those steps was no joke. Oh, man. <laughs> Me and wifey sitting way high. And, you know, you know, you take your lady, you know what I'm saying? If you go with your homies, it's like, oh, man, it was whatever. We ain't free. Let's have a good time. Right. But you got to take your lady, and then she give you that look like, uh, nigga, what happened? <laughs> like, yeah. So, basically, the short and skinny of it is, normally, when I reach out to a record label, I'm like, hey, man, no, uh, you guys going to be in town, blah, 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 they hook me up. But when you're an artist such as a Drake and such as a Future, they don't have to be nice to you. Yeah. They don't have to, because they got hit records, and they know you're going to play them hit records. <laughs> so, they don't have to grease you up, so the, to speak. The levels to this ish. So, got hit with the, oh, man. I wish you'd have hit me up earlier. And I'm thinking to myself, earlier, when I asked for these tickets on the day they got announced, I so sent the email like, <laughs> follow-up email like two weeks later, you don't want to be a herb and be blowing up somebody's email. Right. So I got hit back with the, uh, yeah, these the best I could do. So sitting behind the Canadian flag. Ah, <laughs> man. So you was in the... Up top, make some noise. That was that, that was where you was at. Absolutely. That's exactly where I was. But it was all good, man. Dope show. LeBron was in the building. Came on stage. Shoot, man. The arena erupted when he came in because, uh, you know, we were up so high. Are you slowly hurt? hurt. MVP. 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 And then everybody's screaming MVP. And then, you know what I'm saying, you see a... Big ass dude do one of the peace sign up in the air. Right. So everybody put two and two together. <laughs> that it was LeBron. Kang James was in the building. He got on stage with Drizzy. And uh I was hitting you up. I don't want to spoil anything for anybody that's going to uh see the show later on, but uh Future has a dope entrance. Yeah. I will say that. Future has a very <laughs> dope entrance, man. And it really dawns on you how many hit records Drake got, dog. Yo, I thought about that last night, just thinking about, I was talking to you last night on text just about how the concert was going, and I started thinking, like, Drake got a lot of songs. Like, I wonder, like, his his shows could really be two and a half, three hours. I mean. Man, listen. <laughs> like, I'm a, I'm a big B-side type of guy. Like, yeah. I would have loved to go to Jay-Z B-side concert. I was actually in New York when he was doing the B-side performances. But Drake got so many hits, dude. So yeah. many. And he got the B-side hits, too. Yeah. So he got that lane, too, if he wants to do it or when he does it. Right. And when he does the B-side hits, that's definitely a show that I'm going to have to get good tickets for. Absolutely. But, I mean, like, he got so many hits, man. You know he can't do 
all three verses. Right. You know what I'm saying? He he a versing I mean, he, out on a lot of these joints, man, because, I mean, and featured on so many records, too. I, I, I think back to, like, when my DJing career really took off, like, Drake been a part of it, too. Like, Drake been around for a little minute. Mm-hmm. The mixtapes in the beginning was, was killing the game. So, and I know he got hits after hits, and and he, a lot of them he probably did. Did he, did he go back and do a lot of, you mm-hmm. know, like, forever and all that, yep. like, all that good stuff? Yeah. I mean, Dope. shoot, so do so the future, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, when you go to a show like that with the level of artists they are, man, you really go back and be like, damn, you got hits. Yeah. And then more hits. And then you got to do future hit the stage who got so many mixtapes. You know, what was that? One? Like last year where he dropped three mixtapes? Yeah. What the, uh, yeah, three. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean... And you think about how the game changed where an artist like Future can drop three mixtapes. You know, mixtapes, you can go that piff, livemixtapes.com, get them for absolutely free. You know what I'm saying? Donate if you want. Right. But then he's on tour with the biggest star in hip hop. Yeah. And, and, you know, my boy Jimmy Mack, we had him on the pod. He's a big Drake dude. And I always bash him for that. Like, Shout out to my light skinned brother, <laughs> Drake. <laughs> Always bash him for that for being such I'm a Drake, Drake guy fan. too, man. I'm a, I'm I'm a, a bash you too. I'm a Drake guy. Too. I rock with Drake, man. When he raps, <laughs> not when he sings, not when he sings. But I came front. I was singing controller. Hey, that, <laughs> that that come through is my joint. Come through. <laughs> Shots out to Drizzy, man. Put on one hell of a show, man. Shots out to everybody who went to the after party too. I did not partake in that though. Yeah, it sounded like it was a late night for you. Yeah, man, I made that, and that little drive trip. Back. Made that trip back to the DYT, <laughs> man. Got to sleep in my own bed, man. Got to, man. Yeah, no. man. But uh, shouts out to Kevin Hart, too, man. Yeah, he did. He uh, tied the knot this weekend. Dot, I, dot, dot again. Yeah, <laughs> right. Hopefully this is the one. They seem to be really, you know, he, he really opens up and, and, and gives us a, a look inside of what we daydream about living, living a life like. You know, mm-hmm. like he can... He can really, I, me and the wife talked about this last night at dinner, man. It's like people that got money and are, and are, and are well off and, and and have enough money to, you know, they can just live. They could coast out if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Like what drives them to to do certain things? And it's like if they want to get in shape, we was talking about, you know, our uh, 10 year anniversary, a couple years down the road. We kind of got married on a, on a, on a, not, not I would say a whim, but like <laughs> got married like, Talked about going to the courthouse on on a Monday and had a wedding on Sunday, but we didn't really get a chance to do the the true reception. So we talked about maybe we're doing our vows in ten years, putting something together, doing mm-hmm. doing something nice. We were talking about you know losing some weight and all that, and that's where it led to. It was like when somebody has money and you wake up like, of course I want to be in shape. When like I had the means to, right. I can go get the best trainers and the best cooks and make sure I'm I'm eating right and working out right and doing the right things. And it's like. What's driving him? So for him to, to for us to get to see that side of him, also get to see, of course, the comedy side of him mm-hmm. and all he's doing and changing the comedy game. I mean, he's Bruh. he's he's gonna be on that Mount Rushmore here in a minute. You know, yeah, he's, like he's, it or not, yeah, like it or not, he like is. it or not, he's gonna be on that because he's he's done things in the in, in the comedy game that a was needed, but also um, kind of. Not so much like who's better than you know. It's not a Richard Pryor or Eddie Murphy or you know. It's not one of those or Chris Rock or you know. It ain't one of those things. But it's like he's he's making it to where people he really believes in helping 
the next like the the squad he's rolled with the plastic cup boys man like from being friends with tone rock and being out there a lot of them guys you know the comedy world is a small world mm-hmm. it's a fraternity you know they they hang out they kick it they support each other for the for the most part you know a couple guys want to get your spot you know right like like, like anything else but uh, for the most part they you know they are they are they all kind of kick it and I've met Naeem Lynn numerous times. He's one of the one of the guys that 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 Kev Hart rocks with. I've actually met Kev a few times out there, and to see he's loyal to that to that to that squad, you know. And he's if he needs to help a little here, help a little there, you know, he does that. He'll line you up with the right you know thing. But he all in all cares about comedy, you know. He cares about his boys and comedy in general. Just just being appreciated and being respected. So. And he's about that check life, boy. <laughs> Listen. He's got obviously he does touring, but uh, he's got like heart weekends mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Where he puts on comedy shows. Puts coming out, up. like you said, puts his boys on. He's just the host. Yeah. He come out there, host work. They come on, do twenty thirty minutes. They do their stand up routine. Uh, got shoe, got shoes with Nike. A comedian with a shoe with Nike. Are you serious, yo? Major key alert. <laughs> like, listen, man. <laughs> he also got the network, the comedian network. He's trying to make it like a Netflix. So he's making power moves, man. Yeah. And like, I can honestly say that I think he's very funny, like a very f- funny person. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't say his stand-up routine is like, oh my god, like laugh out, oh my god, he's on the floor, funny. But his business mind and his interaction with the people, because the people determine who's number one. Yeah. And he shows so much love to the people, mm-hmm. and he puts out quality projects. You can't. You got to salute it. You have to. And one thing about Kev Hart, I've said too the same. He's not to me. He's not my favorite comic, like as far as somebody that just going out there and just you gut busted laughing. Mm-hmm. But he is to me the number one and my favorite storyteller. Oh yeah. The way he, the way his comedy is telling stories and putting you to where you see the raccoon outside while you take the trash <laughs> out. Like you, you've been in that moment where it's dark as hell. You like he puts you in that space. So I've always said that that's one thing about Kev Hart that I think is just dope, man, is that he his storytelling, like he locks you in, and then from there, from there it's gut busting laughs, but it's just it's more of a storyteller to me. Yeah, He's more of a storyteller. So. Shouts out to him, man, getting married. Yeah, congrats on that. Like I saw that. uh I saw one of the Wayne and I forget which one. It's like thirty of them, <laughs> but uh, one a couple of them guys were at the wedding and they were doing some some snaps and stuff and. He was like his last little snap. He was kind of showing the area. He was like my last one before I take my phone because they was like uh, real, yeah. real big on you know keeping it private and didn't want that media attention on that on the ceremony per mm-hmm. se. So uh, seeing them though, and he was talking about just he was like I'm out here supporting Kev. Kev supported me in ways y'all never know. You know, so it's like for him to have you know a lot of people that. I, I saw Gabrielle Union and, and D Wade yeah. flew out there for the wedding and flew right back to wherever they had to be. Like they was in and out, but they made it a point to get there, you know. So that kind of speaks on his character too. Like he ain't just absolutely he ain't just out here just uh, killing the game and 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 and, and taking and taking 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 uh, taking shots for people and 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 really just being the man. Like he really is building friendships and and building relationships with people and and it's dope. Kevin you know Hart one is, wedding that the cameras were rolling at? Ray J and Princess Love. They <laughs> you know the cameras were rolling oh, at yeah. that one, boy. <laughs> Ray J about due for another 80K. Man, listen. <laughs> listen, man. Like, I clown Ray J just like everybody else when he was on the Breakfast Club talking about fab. I got an indoor pool, outdoor pool. 
I let that nigga drop my top. One of the gayest things I've ever heard in my life. But Ten Royce Royces outside. <laughs> but you gotta salute him, man, for getting married, finding somebody you wanted to be with, taking her from taking her from Mayweather. <laughs> allegedly. Right. So man, salute to Ray J, man, and Princess Love. But I say all that to say this, man. My wedding anniversary, four years, is on Wednesday. Congrats, August seventeenth. We'll be married four years for four of them. Mm. Four of them, bro. Time flies when you're having fun. Man, listen, fun? <laughs> no, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. She listens to this, by the way. Four years, yo. Like I promise the goodness, man. I remember it like it was yesterday. I know people say that all the time, but I truly do remember it like it was yesterday. Like we was trying to plan a traditional wedding. You know, we live down here in Dayton. Our family is in Cleveland. So we were like, all right, so how are we going to do this? Like, we're going to do this down here? And she's like, well, wouldn't that be weird for everybody to come down here? We don't even have a home church down here. Uh, her mom's home church is up there in Cleveland. We could do it up there, blah, 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 all this type of stuff. Becoming stressful, something that I am not a fan of. I'm yeah. not a fan of stress. I like things to be in order. And then just one day she was like, we should do a destination wedding. I mean... Who else, who could possibly come? I mean, my dad, my mom, your dad, mom, your mom, your brother, my sister, and you know, we'll just do it like that. It's like, you know what? You're right. Did some research. Las Vegas, here we come. So we get hitched out there in Vegas. What we didn't know was <laughs> everybody we invited, them niggas came. <laughs> They're like, Vegas, hell They're yeah. like, oh, where are you getting married in Vegas? <laughs> Sounds like a plan. See August 17th, homie. Right. So, yeah, man. Shout out to everybody who came to our wedding, man, in uh, four years, yo. Yeah, my, my stepbrother, he uh, got married on 11-11-11 in Vegas. Nice. A spot called Tahiti Village. It's, mm. it's more of a family-friendly, mm-hmm. off the strip, yeah. about a mile or two off the strip. But they have, like, the pool area it has, like, the, the sand like a beach type look. I so, know exactly what you're talking about. So they, near the outlets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got married over there, and uh, it was dope. We spent a whole week in Vegas. I've never spent that was. I've been to Vegas probably eight, nine times, and that that was a long trip because day two I killed the roulette table, killed them. I was up like six hundred. I, I was feeling good. I went shopping, got me a good steak. I went to Gordon Ramsay restaurant for lunch. I was kicking it. Day four, day five, mm, went home. Pockets inside out. <laughs> all the cash on me was gone. Man, listen, <laughs> Vegas is a great time, man. But you better have your mind right, buddy. Exactly. Because they don't play. And they that, don't sleep. Man, exactly, man. <laughs> like, even McDonald's ain't cheap out there. Right. Like, you might as well go to the, the buffet. You know <laughs> and, what I'm saying? And then what's funny is my the dude I went with, he's not a big gambler. So we, we was flying back. You know, it's the, it's the slots and everything in the airport. And we was waiting for our flight. I was getting some coffee. I was like, <laughs> day three of no sleep. I just needed something just to wake Team up. Team no sleep. So I was trying to find the coffee shop. I come back. And he was like, I'm about to go put some money in this slot for this plane. We had like a half hour to blow. So he goes over there. He puts $20 in there. He hits the button one time. Hits it for $250. One, like, like he literally, that's the only gambling he did. $20 in the machine. Hit max bet. It was like a $3 spin. $250. He was like. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Cashed out, went to the lady, yeah. lowered, boarded the plane. Like, I'm like, man, I don't have that type of luck, <laughs> me, yo. Me, well, I do not. Well, I take that back. I do have the kind of luck 
but I like to gamble, so <laughs> so I might have that luck, but then I have six weeks of bad luck, and then I have a little bit of luck. You know, that's how I became a DJ. Um, I, I think I shared that story with the podcast before. Uh, went out to to my birthday to the casino with Shaw Smoke. We was talking about music and just all that, and he was talking about he needed a DJ, and that roulette table, I hit him for like 1600 Straight to Guitar Center and bought my equipment. I came home. The wife is like, what is this? I'm like, DJ equipment. <laughs> She's looking at me like, what? I'm like, I'm about to be a DJ. She's like, when did this come about? I was like, on the way down there, actually. <laughs> she was mad as hell. Like, you spent how much? I'm like, I spent like 14. Where do you get 1400? Like, I won 16. Wanna you know we're going to deal with that? Right, we want to go to dinner. I got 200 left. We can go get something nice. You know, I had to, I had to butter her up. But all, all in all, she, you know, that's one thing about marriage. I mean, you talk about marriage. That's one thing about marriage, man. Sometimes your, your significant other might make a move that you like, what the fuck is she doing? You know, like, why? And I might make a move where she like, what? And, you know, but end of the day, she rolled with it. She was like, well, I know you was in music and, you know, you had a musical background, played some instruments, um, played pretty well, some instruments. So I was like, and I was telling her, I'm like, this is going to fill my music void because mm-hmm. I still got the keyboard at home that I fiddle with and the trombone I'll pull out every now and then and get going with that. But uh, DJing, man, it was like, she once she saw that I wasn't just, because I, I do have a bad, bad habit sometimes of buying something that I don't really need. As we all And do. then it'll sit there for weeks and months and then she'd be like, yo, like right now I got a GoPro camera I bought. I bought it for our DJ, DJ on the cruise. So uh-huh. I wanted to get some good shots and I got some good shots on the cruise I ain't used it too much since. A couple of weddings I've used it, but she like pull the GoPro out. Let's you know, let's go to the pool. And get, you know, like and it's like you right. You pay right. you pay money for this stuff, and it's just sitting there. It's like I need to start using this shit more. But when she saw that I was really committed to the to the DJing and really learning the craft, like spending days, mornings morning to night, like YouTubing videos, learning learning the history of DJing, learning how it kind of got started, learning how. Some of the some of the big DJs like learning their stories from from start to where they are now, and it was like she kind of got on board then with like, okay, I guess you will be using this. And then my rise in the Dayton area kind of took off faster that than wave. normal. It was it was it was it was it was a fast one. It was it came out of nowhere too. I was thrown into it for real, to be honest. <laughs> Smoke and Doc, I kind of blame them a little. They kind of you know with anything, it's just being right place at the right time and uh. Promoters were coming to the barber shop and they like kept the coach DJ. I done heard like they hyping me, hyping me, hyping me. Finally got a night, and a night turned into a weekend and turned into a gig and turned into a you know all over the world. So I've been I've been blessed to do this DJing things. And blessed is the key word, man, because I mean think about it. You going down to the casino to lose money, yeah, <laughs> right, more times than not. <laughs> and you walk away with enough money to buy your equipment and money to butter up the wife to make her yes. cool with it. That's my, a true blessing. My, That's the definition my, of a blessing. You, you give my wife a, a filet mignon, <laughs> baked potato. She she good to go. So I had to. I definitely had to butter her up because to, to 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 tell someone that you won sixteen hundred and spent fourteen hundred <laughs> twenty minutes down the road. You know, it's like she was like, "What in the hell?" I'm like, "Look, we were talking about it, and then this happened." And the, the crazy thing, I gotta tell you this too. We talking yeah. about. It, I gotta tell you. So on the roulette table. I usually play. I might. I might put a couple hundred, like one hundred and fifty dollars, and get single uh, chips. Mm-hmm. Play and just see what happens. 
So I'm doing that and start out with two or three on numbers, and I'm hitting a little bit, hitting a little bit, losing, hitting, losing. Then you get you get that gusto like it's gonna be a red number, so I'm putting like <laughs> six, seven chips. I'm, I'm putting money up there, and they see. And I, I was still kind of new to roulette, so I wasn't really know like the math. Like if you bet on the number, it's thirty five to one. Okay. So it was like I'm putting you know two dollars on there and getting back seventy. Well, then I put ten chips on there, I'm getting back you know <laughs> three fifty. Right. So I was like, I started hitting those a couple times. I went on a run where I hit like five, six numbers in a row with ten chips. So I was up like seven, eight hundred dollars because you gotta play something back, of course. Mm-hmm. Go to cash out, and uh, I'm ready to go. Smokes still playing craps, he up and down. I'm just sitting there watching him. Like I'm <laughs> done. I'm Tapping up. Out. I'm up seven hundred, eight hundred dollars. I'm good. So waiting on him, I feel in my pocket and I I find three twenty five dollar chips that I had in my pocket, and I was like, Do I want to go back in that long ass line for seventy five dollars? And I got eight hundred. And I was like. Screw that. So I went back to the roulette table real quick and put the $25 chip on three different numbers. One of them being my birthday number, which is 31. Spin the wheel, 31 comes up. So then I win 25 times 35, like whatever that is, 875 mm-hmm. or something in that range. Went So that's how I got, you know, I had eight, hit that for eight. Double up. Got back in that line again. Yep. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, in, I'm here, to, here but, for the long haul and, now. And it was crazy is... The fun, the the funny part is, uh, Smoke knew I hit the the first, you know, eight whatever. So then I'm walk over to to the roulette table, make that bet, hit another eight. I come back. He's like, where'd you go? I was like, just got some water. I ain't say nothing. So then he like, so how much you up? I'm like, like fifteen, sixteen. He like, shut up. You just say you up eight. Like, For real. So then I pull out the wad, like, and he like, yo, I'm like, <laughs> I tell him what happened. He like, nigga, let's go. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> so then, so then I'm thinking like, cause he he was up a little, he was he was good. I looked at him, I was like, guitar center. He was like, hell yeah. So Ooh. we just went in there like, look, I'm gonna uh, need some DJ equipment, <laughs> and just like that. And Whatever you got, yeah, right? <laughs> New to it, had no no idea it was even gonna be like that. It just happened. I rolled with it, and it's paid for itself tenfold. Now, super so. dope, super dope. <laughs> Story time with Killer Kev is always a good time oh, yeah, on the pod, few, it's man. It's been a few weeks. Been Absolutely, a few weeks. man. Well, there it is, man. Another episode in the books, yo. Yeah, man. Shout to, uh, I want to shout out uh, Young Fresh, man. Legendary Av, the t-shirts, man, that Tone's talking about. Uh, good friend of all, good friend of mine, ours. Make sure you go out there and get them tees. He's in the Dayton area. Hit him up. I think it's uh, Jody Joe on mm. Instagram. Let me double check that real quick. Also, shout out Bars and Beyond. Absolutely. DeMarco always holding us down. That's how you can get the podcast anytime. And also, you know what I'm saying, subscribe to us on iTunes. You can't make this up podcast. You can subscribe there. You can yeah. like it, share it, uh, rate, review it. That's how it was out a lot. You know what I'm saying? Make and sure like, you go ahead. I was give out Fresh's Instagram. It's Fresh OH10. Fresh OH10. He's the legendary ad t-shirt guy. Dope tees. Good wave going. So make sure you support that. Absolutely, man. You gotta support. And you know how we are about support. Right. That's Absolutely. one of our big hashtags. Absolutely. Go time and support. It's our big hashtag on the Can't Make This Up podcast. But uh, like you said before, thanks to Tony Rock falling through the pod, man. Very mm. dope, man. Good plug right there, player. Yeah, thanks to uh shout out to Civilized Savages as well. Absolutely. Can't make this up podcast. Kev Nash and DJ Killer Kev. Hey. A little different, but it'll work. <laughs> we out. <laughs> Week 20. 20? Are you serious? Shit. <laughs> Niggas is committed. <laughs>